You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you. I hope you had a great weekend. I certainly did. Spent the weekend in South Florida at the House of Athletes Scouting Combine, an event put on by former NFL wide receiver Brandon Marshall, and he's training a bunch of NFL draft prospects, and they put on a combine that replicates the NFL scouting combine. And so it was a great scouting opportunity for me and the rest of the staff at the Draft Network. But I will say, it's funny how many custom Dolphins jerseys I saw in the city, right at restaurants or you know, by people wearing them. Custom Dolphins jerseys with my last name on the back of them. And the weirdest part, is they all had the number 13. It's pretty incredible. South Florida is just littered with custom Merino Dolphins jerseys that are all number 13. Crazy, I know. Really weird. Anyways, today on the podcast, we've got a couple of Buffalo Bills that signed contract extensions since the last time we talked, and I want to break those down. And then I want to close out the podcast today by talking about the backup quarterback situation and my thoughts about it. So let's start with Bill Safety, Micah Hyde. Signed a two-year contract extension. He was in the final year of his deal. If you guys remember from the Performance Review Series podcast, the one on safeties, I had talked about my hope for the Bills to extend Micah Hyde this offseason and Here we are. Brandon Bean got it done. So he was in the final year of his deal. He signed a two-year contract extension. He's now signed through 2023. He added two years, $19.25 million. His cap number for this year, according to Ian Rappaport, remains essentially unchanged at $6.7 million. I guess there's a little bit of disappointment from me that they didn't structure this in such a way that it could give the team some relief with the cap this year, but um, obviously they got it done without that, and certainly maybe that's a signal that Brandon Bean feels pretty comfortable with his opportunities elsewhere to find some cap space for the football team. So Micah Hyde's 30 years old. He just turned 30 in December. And he obviously he turns 31 in December of 2021. And at the conclusion of this extension, he will have just turned 34 years old. So right kind of at that age where you expect his best days to be behind him. I think Micah Hyde can certainly give the Bills high caliber safety play throughout this contract extension. But you start to get nervous as he's getting into that 34-35 range. Now, the good thing is he doesn't play cornerback. He's a safety, so less athleticism is required in my view. But I don't think the Bills should have any concern about him declining physically and there being regrets about this deal because Micah Hyde doesn't have the athleticism to perform at the level we've come to expect from Micah Hyde. So I'm really comfortable with 
the extension, the length, and where he will be at the end of it in terms of age. You guys know what I think of Micah Hyde. He's absolutely exceptional. He's an exceptional football player, and he brings a lot of versatility to the team in so many different ways. Obviously, he's exceptional at safety, but he doesn't just play safety. He plays all over the defense. Last year, which is very much a microcosm of how he's been used since he came to Buffalo, he played 547 snaps at deep safety, 130 snaps in the slot, and 250 snaps in the box. The Bills play him all over the defensive formation, and they do the same with Jordan Poyer, and that gives you two interchangeable safeties that can line up anywhere for you. And that's a great luxury to have. Not many teams have that. They usually have kind of a high safety and a low safety. And I do think, in a way, Micah Hyde is the Bills' primary high safety, and Jordan Poyer is the guy that they would bring down low. But a lot of times it's more extreme in terms of you know the skill set. You're not going to have that low safety ever playing deep, right? Or vice versa. That high safety doesn't really have the traits to play down low. Not the case here with these guys, and I think that's so critical to how the Bills deploy a lot of their disguise intentions because those guys can do anything. They can line up anywhere. They can rotate coverage and uh, show false keys pre-snap and you know change what's on the menu for the quarterback post-snap that they were anticipating based on the pre-snap look. So their interchangeability of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer matters a lot, and obviously you know they they work in concert so so well. So not only is Micah Hyde a standout safety that can line up anywhere on defense, you know that he gives added value on special teams. He's exceptional to have as a backup punt returner because you know that you can put him back there and he will cleanly field the ball. That's a great bonus to have, knowing that if your punt returner goes down, you have somebody that you trust to go back there and field that ball appropriately. Also, as we know, Micah Hyde is an elite fielder of onside kicks. Isn't that great to know that if the other team's going to try an onside kick against the Bills, they're basically not going to have a chance if Micah Hyde's the guy that fields that football. I love that added bonus to what he brings to the football team. One of my favorite stats to bring up about Micah Hyde is the average depth of target that the Bills' defense faced last year. 6.9 yards was the average depth of target against the Bills' defense last year. So when quarterbacks threw the ball against the Bills, the average depth of target was 6.9 dead last in the NFL. And the reason that's so impressive to me is that the Bills' secondary as a whole is very speed deficient. They don't have guys that really excel as turn-and-run type guys that can carry speed receivers down the field and remain in phase. Even Trey White, who's an elite NFL quarterback, is a below-average athlete for the position. Now, he's not below-average to the level of a Josh Norman or a Levi Wallace or a Dane Jackson, but he's not an elite athlete for the position. He's a 
probably slightly below average athlete for the position in totality. But the Bills never give up plays down the field. The reason for that is because Micah Hyde and his ability to stay leveraged over the top, anticipate routes, and take away throwing lanes down the field is exceptional. And if you notice, there's been a decline in Micah Hyde's ball production every year since he's been on the team. His first year with the Bills in 2017, he had five interceptions and eight pass breakups. In 2018, his second year on the team, two interceptions, three pass breakups. The last two seasons, he's only had one interception and one pass breakup in 19 and two in 2020. That is a sign of respect. He's not getting chances to make plays on the ball. So yeah, in his first year, he had five interceptions and eight pass breakups. He was targeted 42 times. This past year, he was only targeted 19 times. Only 19 times was Micah Hyde's man targeted in coverage. On those 19 targets, he gave up 11 catches for 96 yards, a passer rating against his coverage of 67. That is elite. So yeah, you wish there were more interceptions, but he was only targeted 19 times. They're not going after him. He was only targeted the year before 30 times. It's been a steady decline in quarterbacks going after Micah Hyde because they know that is a dangerous idea. So Micah Hyde's exceptional when it comes to staying leveraged, anticipating routes, taking away throws down the field, disguising his intentions. And to me, the way he plays the game and his ability to do all of those things, it affects the quarterback's process. As a defense, you talk about affecting quarterbacks, whether that's pressuring them or forcing their eyes to move based on coverage rotations or playing press coverage at the line of scrimmage so you can create a jam and take certain things off the menu. Micah Hyde and what he does on the back end changes the way quarterbacks have to go through their progressions because he always has them crossed up. Obviously, you can tell I'm through the moon happy about this extension. And I'm really happy that the Bills secondary, the core of the secondary, is signed for the foreseeable future. Obviously, Micah Hyde is now signed through 2023. Jordan Poyer is signed through 2022. And Trey White is signed through 2025. You got to love to see that. The Bills understand What makes their defense good? And it's this back end, this secondary that they have assembled, and you got three of your four starters locked up for the foreseeable future. And I like how the Bills have been able to do this economically when it comes to safety. In Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, the Bills, without a doubt, have a top three safety tandem in the NFL, maybe the best but certainly no lower on the list than three. But they are not paying that much for it. They are paying right now Hyde and Poyer as the 10th highest paid safety room in the NFL. 10th. 
And that should go down as other teams increase their spending on players that they bring in at safety. So right now, before other teams have added to it, the Bills are 10th with Poyer and Hyde. This deal for Micah Hyde makes him the 12th highest paid safety in the NFL. 12th. $9.6 million average annual value under his new deal. That ranks 12th in the NFL. The guys in front of him, Buda Baker's number one at 14.7. Eddie Jackson, number two, 14.6. Kevin Byard, 14.1 is third. Landon Collins, 14, he's fourth. Tyron Matthew, 14, he's uh, tied with Landon Collins for fourth. Then you have Justin Simmons, 13.7. Devin McCourty, 11.6. Kareem Jackson, 11. LaMarcus Joyner, 10.5. Harrison Smith, 10.2. And Jordan Poyer, 9.75. Then you have Micah Hyde at 9.6. I guess I'm really surprised that this wasn't 11 or more. If I'm Micah Hyde, I'm probably saying, you know, Devin McCourty's getting 11-6. Kareem Jackson's getting 11. You know, I'm not expecting him to get the $14 million, you know, reset the market on par with those young superstars, right, in Baker, Jackson, and Bayard. But those veterans on the list in McCourty and Jackson, they're all 11 or higher, and he's coming in at 9-6. This is a great deal for the Buffalo Bills. And it also continues to cement a trend that we've started to see in Brandon Bean's work when it comes to contract extensions. The key players, the the ones that he identifies as core players on the roster, those deals get done a year early. Trey White, Deion Dawkins, Jordan Poyer, Jerry Hughes, and now Micah Hyde. All of these guys got extensions the year before their contract was up. On the flip side, you know, not in every case, but guys that you think might be a core player that don't get that deal done in advance, they usually walk. Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, potentially Matt Milano this year. I mean, this to me does signal something about Matt Milano. They're prioritizing getting a deal done for Micah Hyde, whose contract doesn't expire until after next year. They got that done now. Same thing with Poyer, right? That happened. Dawkins, White. We've been through the list. Not a good sign for Matt Milano, who we already expect to kind of walk. I think this is just another tick in the box, right? If you're you're checking boxes on the side of Matt Milano's probably going to be gone, this is another discussion point in favor of that notion being true that the Bills are going to let Matt Milano walk in free agency. And I think it is smart to get deals done early. If you know what you have in the player, they're never going to be cheaper than they are today. So great job, Brandon Bean, getting this deal done and getting, I think, a bargain for the skill set that Micah Hyde brings to the table. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, 
and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So Micah Hyde was not the only player that signed a contract extension with the Buffalo Bills since the last time we spoke. Andre Smith, the linebacker, also signed a new deal with the team. He was scheduled to become a restricted free agent, and they got the deal done prior to him becoming that restricted free agent. He signed a two-year, $3 million extension, and I really like what Sal Capaccio tweeted out that I think really frames this together well to talk about why this was a good move for the Bills. This is a a direct uh, read of Sal Capaccio's tweet. He said, the Andre Smith deal is exactly what you want if you're a team hoping to re-sign a restricted free agent. It's reportedly worth up to $3 million, so $1.5 million a season. Without doing that, the minimum qualifying offer would have been around $2.1 million to retain his rights for one year. You see the savings there, the smartness by Brandon Bean to get this done. This is now going to be a bargain for the next two seasons because they did it this way. So if you know you want to bring a player back that's a restricted free agent, this is the way to do it. So nice work by Brandon Bean. And now the Bills are down to three other restricted free agents, Levi Wallace, Ike Bakker, and Corey Bohorquez. Now I'm unsure if the Bills could actually pull this off with their other restricted free agents. Think about Levi Wallace, who's been a two-and-a-half-year starter for the team. Ike Bakker was his primary starter at left guard and played well. And Corey Bohorquez, you know, really came into his own as a punter. So I don't know that they'll have the same opportunity to swoop in and, and get a bargain because those players probably deserve a bigger deal than two years, $3 million. But it's certainly a possibility and something to monitor throughout the course of this week before the new league year starts next Wednesday. You know, I, I, I have my doubts that those are minimum guys. But back to Smith, uh, Andre Smith linebacker, 23 years old. He turns 24 in April. He played in 12 games last year, zero starts after being traded for. The Bills uh, acquired him from the Carolina Panthers. He played 7% of the snaps on defense, 46% of the snaps on special teams. So you're, you're seeing that they've identified him as a core special teamer and certainly a, a much more economical deal than what they gave out to a guy like Tyler Medikevich. Now, I don't know that Smith is as good as Medikevich on teams, but you like the idea that they have here that if you're going to pay a reserve linebacker to be a team's player, you kind of get more of a bargain here than what you get from Matikavich. Now, there's a part of me with Andre Smith that surprises me that he stuck around for as long as he has. I was not super high on him coming out of UNC, and that's fine with me. I'll take the L. But, um, you know, he's he obviously did something in Carolina that piqued the interest of Eric Washington who gave the Bills some good intel, and they went out and got this player. They saw him all year long, saw him on team, saw him in practice, and said, yeah, we want this guy to stick around. And gave him a deal. I'll be honest with you, whenever the Bills were making roster moves in season last year, where guys would you know, come off injured reserve or they sign a player off the practice squad and somebody had to be released from the active roster, 
I kept on thinking it was going to be Andre Smith, and then it just never was. He kept on surviving. And now here we are today. He's inked a two-year extension with the team. So the guy's really moving the needle, right? He's turning heads. He's doing something right here that makes the Bills not only want to go out and get him, trade something for him, but keep him around and now, you know, extend him, right? There's something here. Special teams, and he'll be the primary backup to Tremaine Edmonds, probably at Mike Linebacker. So he's the new Julian Stanford, Deion Lacey type player on the roster. Now, Andre Smith coming back and the amount of money that they're paying him, that doesn't change their need next to Tremaine Edmonds if Matt Milano's not back. Smith is not a Milano replacement. He's a backup Sam linebacker, backup Mike special teams. So we'll have to see what the plan is there at linebacker. I have some ideas that you know I'll share with you as the as the week moves on here and we talk more about free agency. But you know this certainly doesn't change the Bills' need uh, for a guy next to Edmonds, unless that's going to be you know Tyrell Dotson and AJ Klein in a platoon role. We'll see but I'm certainly hoping for something more dynamic than that. We've been telling you about Bilt Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Bilt Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on every single bar. Now is the time to find out which Bilt Bar is the best. It is Bilt Bar Madness, and there's a tournament to find out which Bilt Bar is the best. Today's matchup is Apple Almond Crisp against Churro Puff and Peanut Butter Brownie versus Raspberry. To me, this is an easy choice. I like Apple Almond Crisp. I like Raspberry. So those are my votes. But if you want to vote, head on over to BuiltBar.com or on Twitter, you can follow them and check out the tournament on Twitter at Built underscore Bar to vote for your choice. Remember, when you buy some Built Bars, use our promo code Locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order. That is locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Let's close out the podcast by talking backup quarterback. As we know, Matt Barkley has been Josh Allen's backup quarterback and his contract is up. He's a free agent. And I've been nervous for a while about this backup quarterback situation. So I wanted to talk about it today as we kick off this week-long free agency discussion and really start to put my ideas out there. I don't trust him as the backup. Obviously, Barkley is great for Josh Allen. He's probably a great teammate. Brandon Bean has called the Barkleys, meaning his wife and Matt, they've, he's called them a blessing to the Buffalo Bills. But I'll tell you what, I don't have any confidence in him if he had to play for an extended period of time, you know, if Josh Allen were to get injured. And Josh Allen entering year four of his career, having the season that he had last year, is beyond needing, you know, that mentor, that sounding board, that peer on the roster that can teach him what it's like to be a professional quarterback. Josh Allen's there. He's good. He knows what to do. If you're concerned that much about that relationship between Barkley and Allen and preserving it and having him on the team, make Barkley a coach. Just make him a coach. But he can't be one snap away 
from being the quarterback for your team. This roster is too good for that. It's time to get a backup quarterback that can play. And I know what you're thinking. I know, not, not everyone, but I know that a lot of people out there say, well, if the starting quarterback goes down, we're screwed anyway, so don't invest anything there. I don't buy into that at all. I don't buy into that at all. Because that is assuming that the quarterback is out for the year. The worst case scenario. You're assuming the worst case scenario that that quarterback is not going to play the rest of the year. And if that is the case, you are screwed. But the reality is, is that most quarterback injuries are for a few weeks. It's not the whole year. There are countless examples of playoff and contending caliber teams needing a few starts from the backup quarterback. The Chiefs, when they won the Super Bowl in 2019, Matt Moore started a few games. You've seen Drew Brees get injured and Teddy Bridgewater came in and they were 5-0 and with, with Bridgewater in the lineup. This past year, Taysom Hill started games for them. I can go on and on, but there are plenty of examples of the, the, the team that was contending or, or won the Super Bowl or had a deep playoff run needing that backup quarterback to start a few games. And Josh Allen's style of play, to me, puts a heightened emphasis on securing a reliable backup because you know Josh Allen is an elite competitor. He's going to take some hits. He's going to lower his shoulder. He's going to do things that make him more susceptible to injuries, which heightens my concern for this. You need somebody that you can insert into your lineup and go 500 with the starting quarterback out. It could make a huge difference in playoff seating, whether you're hosting a playoff game or traveling on the road, all of those things. So I think the need is clear for the Bills to get uh, an improvement, an upgrade at backup quarterback. And I'm not going to go super in-depth on all of these options, but the fact is I want to point out that there are several options that the Bills could target to improve this backup quarterback situation. So the first batch of players that I want to introduce are the top options. These guys represent clear upgrades to Matt Barkley. They probably come with a bit of a price tag on them, but this is doing your very best to secure a guy that I trust as a backup quarterback. That list of players includes Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, and Jameis Winston. I can't promise you that some of those players won't sign to be starters elsewhere. I can't promise you that they are going to be Buffalo Bills. But if Brandon Bean really wanted to go and say, this is important, we need a guy that can come in and play that we trust and you know could go 500 without Josh Allen, Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, and Jameis Winston are the, the cream of the crop backup options on the market. Now, the next tier of players that I want to introduce are guys that I think are upgrades to Matt Barkley. Probably come at a lesser price. They're not super flashy or exciting, but they're definitely better than Matt Barkley. Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, Joe Flacco, Mike Glennon, and Blake Bortles. I think all five of those players give me more confidence in the Bills' backup quarterback situation than just rolling with Matt Barkley. Again, Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, Joe Flacco, Mike Glennon, Blake Bortles. And then I have another list of four guys that 
I have labeled as maybe marginal upgrades. But you have to sign somebody. Well, maybe you don't. Maybe you want to go into the season with Josh Allen, Jake Fromm, and, and Davis Webb as your quarterback room. That could be the case. Davis Webb, Jake Fromm, neither one of those guys have ever played in an NFL game. Never. So that doesn't make me happy (laughs) if that's the direction they go. Because, again, I think this roster is too good to be one snap away from a guy that's never played in the NFL being the quarterback. So my guys that are maybe slash marginal upgrades to Matt Barkley are Josh Dobbs, C.J. Beathard, Brian Hoyer, and Brandon Allen. I think those four guys are probably better than Matt Barkley. So here's your choices, Brandon Bean. You can sign one of those players. You can re-sign Matt Barkley, or you could roll with Davis Webb and Jake Fromm. But I am certainly hoping that one of the, what did I name right there, 14 different quarterbacks, I'm hoping that one of those 14 quarterbacks comes to Buffalo backs up Josh Allen and makes me feel better about the perspective of Josh going down and having somebody else have to keep the ship afloat and start a few games in Josh's absence. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown of Micah Hyde's extension, Andre Smith's extension, and then my concerns about the backup quarterback and options for Brandon Bean to pursue. We're going to talk a lot more free agency ideas the rest of the week, so don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.